Valley Life exists to make disciples and plant churches. Inside Valley Life Church is a series of interviews with pastors, deacons, and volunteers to give listeners a fuller picture of all that is happening in our disciple-making church planting family. And I'm here with Sterling Edwards and Mike Lee. Mike Lee is the pastor at Mission Valley Church. Welcome, guys. Thanks. Thanks for Great to us. be here. Thank you. All right. So what we want to talk about today is, well, really, I want to look back at a sermon that we preached at the very beginning of COVID. I think it was May. Yeah. I think we preached this in May. Sterling wasn't here yet, but um, we preached this sermon in May. It was week number three of the Good Life series. And we said we're going to talk about food and fitness. Yeah. You're going to have to get way into the microphone. I okay. just realized that. Uh, we, we want to do a Good Life series. It was week number three, and I, I went back and pulled up these sermon notes. Number one, Mike, it was um, one of the first sermons that we preached to an empty room. Yeah. You preached to an, we all preached to an empty room, yeah. just to a blinking red light. Yeah. So what yeah. was that like? Uh, that, that was tough. I mean, we were still trying to figure that out. Uh, I hated it, mine. Yeah, it, w it wasn't good. Just going back and looking at it and getting ready for this podcast was Did was you, you go back and yeah, listen? Yeah, it was tough. Oh, man, I listened yeah. to mine, and I was like, who is even talking? Yeah. Have you ever done that, sir? I have, and it is very terrible. Preached to an empty room, yeah. red light. It was awful. Yes. I, I ended up saying, can someone please come up here and just listen to this and act like you're interested? <laughs> so Brooke and some other folks came up and yeah, started listening. I made my daughters. Yes. <laughs> We, we made the mistake of letting Brian listen in on some of ours, and then it was just, that was worse. That yeah. made it worse. Why would well, that be worse? Just other I'm preachers. Supportive. Other preachers just sitting in there just listening to you just, was weird. That it was is. weird. Judging you. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's terrible. Right, so the hard, the, one of the hardest sermons we've ever preached, I think, and maybe it's the only time I've ever even preached a sermon on this. So it was one of the hardest sermons I've ever preached because it was on gluttony, and it was to an empty room, one of the first times I'd ever done that. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, start off with, have you ever preached a sermon on gluttony before then? No, it was my first time doing that. Um, I was really nervous about it. I had been nervous about it. I actually went and looked at my sermon notes. I said this to the camera. I was nervous about it when we planned it way before, the December before that, whenever that was. Um, and actually, it's probably one of the most polarizing sermons I've ever preached. Wow. So uh, I had several meetings afterwards. Uh, one couple uh, left the church over it because they didn't like it. Wow. Um, and I also got just so much unsolicited uh, positive feedback from it. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks for being open and honest with it. Uh, like handwritten, I don't get a lot of handwritten notes. Yeah. Uh, I got handwritten letters just thanking people. I mean, of course, we didn't see people face to face every day. So, yeah. um, but we got cards in the mail just thanking me for the sermon too. So it's polarizing. The text was Matthew 23. Uh, then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do, for they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. We said gluttony is the acceptable or unmentionable sin in the church. Mm -hmm. And the reason we use that text is because we all know it to be a sin. The Bible's clear. And even in right. Proverbs, Sterling. What? Yeah. It, it says Somewhere that. in there. Yeah. It says, yeah. Uh, do not go with the gluttonous eaters of meat. Yeah. But we all know it to be a sin, and pastors, ministry leaders, churches will not lift a finger to help. Yeah. Right. Right. Gluttony is the acceptable sin. Why is that? 
it's clearly it's not acceptable. Uh, I think it's accept it be, becomes acceptable because it's. I think it's one of those things that is. It's such a personal issue, um, and yet it's such a public issue. So people have these different things that they struggle with, which lead to it, um, and everybody can see it happening. Um, it's almost like, well, we all know you're doing it because we can see it. And so if you wanted to do something about it or if you wanted my help with it, you would have asked. Mm. Um, where other sins that people are dealing with, they're hiding out in the dark. You can't hide the fact that you're, you're gluttonous, that you're significantly unhealthily overweight. Mm-hmm. Everybody sees it. Um, and so it's like, well, he must not want to talk about it because he's just continuing to do it. So mm. I think that's part of it. Uh, we also said people can do the math. They know what it means when pastors teach what you do with your body matters. So, you know, pastors love to talk about we stand against abortion. We stand against illicit sex. We stand against all these things because we're not Gnosticists. Is that how you say that? Gnostics. We're not Gnostics. We don't say all that matters is your spirit and whatever you do with the body doesn't matter at all. Right, right, right. And then we said people can do the math. They know what it means when we say what you do with your body matters but still pastors churches ministry leaders don't lift a finger to help yeah yeah Yeah, i think that's true i think that i think that one of the reasons that pastors struggle to to lift a finger to help is when it comes to something like pornography we know what to say stop it get Mm -hmm. get uh just get off of it don't do it um get covenant eyes get a buddy to check your system out uh, we know uh, what to do with with other sins. Hey, stop sleeping with your girlfriend. You're not supposed to be doing it. Just stop it. Um, I think pastors struggle with what do I say to the guy? What 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 helpful tools do I have for the guy mm. that's struggling with food? Yeah, that's struggling to go exercise regularly. Right. Um, without getting, t- I mean, that, I'm getting right into his his business. Then you know, yeah. what do I have to give him? Um, I think pastors struggle with that. Okay. That so that is. Maybe, maybe uh, the Pharisees or, you know, the, the stand-in for the Pharisees who won't lift a finger to help don't know how to help. They, yeah. they don't know how to lift a finger to help. Mm-hmm. You got something, Sterling? I think that when it comes to discipline, just in general, uh, we're, we're a lot of times quiet about that. And maybe that's because we're reserved on uh, what can seem as judgment or maybe even that seems legalistic to kind of, you know, bring out some of these things. And so I think it kind of keeps us quiet on addressing any type of level of what would be self-discipline. And Mm -hmm. we know that that is right there in the Bible as far as how important self-discipline is, but we're not really good at calling people out on it and to, to, you know, and to uh, bring about those questions. And, um, but then we just begin to kind of tolerate. And and, and I think when you see it uh, so prevalent, uh, then you see, oh, everybody is doing this. And even though that's not, make it right, it becomes our justification of, you know, where do we even begin with it? Uh, we joke a lot about Proverbs, but one of the Proverbs says, a man without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Mm. It's just a dangerous, it doesn't mean something bad has happened. I mean, is going to happen because maybe nothing bad will happen when your walls are broken right. down, but something bad could sure happen. You're open to something bad happening. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. absolutely. Most yeah. definitely. Um, okay, so churches, pastors may not know how to help. It would involve getting in someone's face or um, something that is so close to how we conceive of ourselves, yeah. our self-image. Uh, from here, I guess I want to go to you guys have both lost a lot of weight or gotten really, really healthy lately. And I'd love to know 
where did that begin? What was the process of getting self-discipline? What did you literally do? I mean, yeah. that's what a lot of people always ask about stuff like this. Okay, I get the concept. The good life is not meeting other people's standards. That's the good enough life, and we don't want that. The good life is being free to make my choices in Christ as Christ wants me. But what do I literally do? What What about you, Mike? Yeah, so I think in the beginning, right around the time when we were getting ready to preach this sermon series, I, I started watching what I was eating. I started exercising more. I was doing some of that stuff. Um, and I was... I was dabbling in it. I was I was doing some basic stuff like I'm going to start drinking more water. I'm going to watch what I eat. I'm going to cut out drinking calories. I, I set some like rules for myself. Like mm -hmm. I don't eat, I don't drink calories. Just basic stuff like that. Um, then in in July, so we preached this around May. In July, we went on a, a like a little family vacation, um, and I found myself uh, in a lake with my wife on a, on one of those paddle boats. You sit in and, and you pedal with your feet. And I had lost probably 30 pounds by that point in time okay. and was feeling pretty good. I remember buying new shirts to go on this vacation and I'm feeling like I'm looking pretty good. And I got out in the middle of the lake and because of my weight, I had a hard time uh, pedaling in, in the first place. And we got out in the middle of this lake and it's about 98 degrees and it's about 90% humidity. And my daughter was out in a canoe and she lost the paddle. So she mm -hmm. couldn't. And so we were going to have to pedal her back in and I couldn't do it. I couldn't pedal her in. I was. I really thought I'm gonna have a heart attack. I'm gonna die on this lake. My heart was beating so fast. I, I couldn't catch my breath. And my wife looked at me and she said, "Just, just rest your feet up on the thing. I'll get us back to the dock." Oh my! And I, I don't know that I've ever in my entire life felt so just shameful. <laughs> just I can't. I'm supposed to be able to, to you know, lead my family. I can't even get my daughter off the lake, much less my wife. Just knowing you like I do. Oh, it was it was yeah. horrible, your Brian. Your daughter and your oh, wife. Yeah, I just and I and I just sat there, just unable to to do anything. Couldn't lead my family. Couldn't can't. defend my family. And so, uh, so when we got when we got you know whenever I caught my breath, got back to the the shore and everything, I told my wife, I said, I got I got to get real serious about this. I've been dabbling in this. I got to get really, really serious. This is in um, July. So this is in July. And so in July, I started, uh, I bought an app on my phone that was a calorie counter. I said, I'm going to count every single thing I eat. Um, and then I'm going to exercise every day. And exercise in the beginning was just going for a walk um, every day. There, uh, there's a, a path around our house. It's about three miles, and I walk it every day. Um, I'm going to do that every day. Uh, calorie count, going for walks. Um that's what that's what lost the majority of the weight. Really, I, mean, I dropped I dropped you know all in. I've dropped 150 pounds. Wow! Uh, since that sermon series, um, but the 125 was 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 the, the calorie counting and going for walks and doing all that stuff. And then recently, in the last three months, uh, I've started lifting weights. I wish I would have started that sooner, but um, but that's been a fun addition. Uh, yeah. that's something I used to like to do. But all that to say, I just I didn't have the energy to get off of a lake. Yeah. And and tomorrow morning, Saturday, we hike North Mountain every Saturday. I'll wake up tomorrow morning at 4 o'clock. I'll go get my, my weight workout in, and then I'll go hike North Mountain with my wife, and it'll be fantastic, right. yeah. and I'll enjoy it. And and that's that's why I did it. Okay, so how, how, much, how much of that has – are habits that are still around? Calorie counting yeah. and walking is how you started. Yeah, still calorie count, still go out for that walk every day. Yeah. Um, I got a group of guys that, that, that I meet with once a month and we text each other all the time. Th those things are like non-negotiable. Like mm. I'm going to count calories just because I, I feel like it's helpful uh, to me to keep kind of keep a track on it. And I'm going to go for that walk every day. Like 
people say, well, do you, can, do, can you skip your walk today? Like, why? I mean, I could skip breakfast today too, but I'm not going to because this, this is just something I do. Mm-hmm. Um, be like so not brushing my teeth. It would, be, it would be really weird at this okay. point in time. Um, hmm. All right, Sterling, tell me about how this got started for you. Yeah, I mean, some of it, it's uh, – Maybe similar, just recognizing uh, where I was and you know what the changes that I needed to make. Um, it's always kind of been in the back of my mind, uh, and it's a procrastination thing of one of these days I know I really need to lose some weight, and it's you know you just become uh, uh, settled in, and you be, you know become uh, maybe lethargic and lazy, and it's always going to be tomorrow. And uh, I think I'd kind of dealt with. Uh, the recognition that I wanted to make some of these changes at the same time as I'm kind of thinking about some of those things. Um, you know, my dad passed away back in uh, May. I saw the progression for maybe the last maybe three years of his life. Um, my dad was big. Um, and it wasn't just that it was unhealthy. He was just not, um, he, he just was not, um, mobile. I mean, he couldn't get around and, you know, and, and, and different things. And I thought, man, I, I want to make some of those changes. He, he passed away in May. I, I kind of went to a, um, a place at, at that where I just began to, uh, also recognize my relationship with food. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I found myself, uh, using food, uh, almost, uh, like an idol, okay. almost where I would, uh, reward myself, something good happened. You know what we should do? We should, you know, go eat this. And, and then on the difficult day, on the tough day, you know what we need to do <laughs> is, uh, you know, we got to, uh, let's go out to eat this. And yeah. so, so I'm playing this game with myself and, bored, it's food. Yeah, and I'm bored. <laughs> and so, so just kind of like calling myself on it. Okay. I, I mean, again, you and I've talked about this a lot, like looking at myself in the mirror and telling the truth. Yeah, man. Just and and so it you know it's like avoiding the scale the you know no, I, I, if I just don't look at the scales then I'm not thinking about it but when I stand on top of those scales and I think I don't want to weigh this this isn't how I want to live so so I made so you made changes what changes made those changes uh, it was uh, completely the same look watching what I eat and why I eat it and then exercising every single day probably for me I would say out of the last somewhere around hundred days I probably you know 99 of those days I've done some type of walk run you know so that's been uh probably the biggest um implementation and I mean I write it down I put it into my schedule like this this part is happening yeah and we all have all these other responsibilities but sometimes that means I've got to do it at six Mm o'clock in the morning sometimes I've got to do it you know, uh, whatever it is, it's, 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 it's in there, uh, today, like I've, I've lost 40 pounds from where I was. Uh, and, um, but it's, it's for me, a lot of it has just been understanding, uh, my motivation and like, what, why, why am I looking towards this, you know, food or whatever it is to like, I want to, I want to get into something that you said, and I know Mike, you would have dealt with it as well, but our relationship to food. Okay. Yeah. Say a Christian's relationship to this good gift that is yeah. food. Um, some One of the things that we said in here is food is not an end to itself and must not be disconnected from enjoying God. Uh, it goes, we, well, we went on in the sermon to say the enjoyment of sex 
disconnected from the enjoyment of God is called lust. The enjoyment of money disconnected from the enjoyment of God is called greed. And the enjoyment of food disconnected from the enjoyment of God is called gluttony. Anything to say about that? Anything that, like... Yeah, I, I think that, that I, I, I've lived most of my life disconnecting that. Food was the thing in and of itself. Like Sterling said, um, we had a bad day, we ate some food. Had a really good day, we ate some food. It's almost like you would need a, a just the most boring run-of-the-mill day ever to occur so that you would just eat something healthy, oh, yeah. you know? And so there was all these different reasons to eat food that I knew was not good for me, uh, food that uh, eating food disproportionate, you know, um, so it wasn't enough to just be like, well, it was a good day. We should have some ice cream. Like it was a good day. So we should have a big old hot fudge Sunday or whatever. Right. You right. know, it's just, there's no moderation or any of that. And it, and it was completely disconnected. And I think when we were planning this sermon series, I, I was like, wow, if I think about sex without God being lustful, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my wife through that. Mm-hmm. That, that would be bad. And, and I'm doing this and I'm showing this. My kids are seeing this every day, um, the way I'm doing this with food. And that, that was convicting for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I also began to kind of compare it to my relationship with God in terms of, uh, you know, the, the way that when things go really bad, some people want to push God away and they want to say, oh, you know what? I'm going to have to take matters into my own hands. I don't need God for this. And, 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 and then that's when things are going bad. But when things are going good, it's like I don't have a need for God. And I began to make this comparison in my own, in my own life of um, understanding that um, what, what I am doing here, like why I'm here, like what my, what my purpose is, and then uh, not throwing out the, uh, you know, like you're saying with I, the ice cream's a great comparison. Um, I, I know that I've eaten ice cream in celebration and I've eaten ice cream in depression. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah and, and, uh, and like you said, if it was just like, if it was just the bland day, maybe I wouldn't, but you know, that, um, it, it's something that I use and, um, and just really calling myself on it, yeah. calling myself out on it. Yeah. I, I also, I want to, I just want to say this because, because we've, because I've struggled with this my whole life. It's it's helpful me for me to also remember that the food is not evil. It's not wrong to have exactly. ice cream. It's not right. wrong to have uh, candy or you know whatever, um, whatever it is, fried foods, whatever it is. The moderation of it is is a big deal. And then looking at it properly, like, right? W- what am I doing this for? Um, I think that that was a big help for me, just switching that mindset. Yeah, we said in that sermon, food is a created good. Yeah. Uh, Jesus told us to remind each other of his sacrifice and his return through eating and drinking, yep. through, through uh, bread and juice or bread and wine. Uh, Jesus declared all foods clean. Mm-hmm. It's not right. what goes in the mouth that defiles them. Right. And then thirdly, we said Jesus is constantly eating with people. Yeah. The example, Mary, Martha, the disciples, Simon, Zacchaeus, and, um, and some people have written whole books on Jesus's meals. They're yeah. so many and they're so important. That you can go read those. And yet, Jesus is so connected with food and drink that he was called a glutton and a drunk. So right. food is a created good. Yeah, uh, I can tell you guys, just watching how y'all have, you know, you can see the physical changes, but more so in like just going out to eat with you and seeing how you treat food. Uh, in the case with you, Mike, I can see how you treat food differently. And Sterling, it seems like you've done this 
since you got to Phoenix, I think that was sort of a catalyst. It was. Yeah, no question. It's the timing is right on. Yeah. But it, it really has inspired me and made me think about my relationship to food. Um, because absolutely, I'm, I can use it, um, r- you know, just use it wrongly. Use it like the way to fix a bad day. And I know when it's the way to fix a bad day, man, that's not what that's for. Yeah. I'm just using it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see, where do we want to go from here? Food is not an end to itself. Uh, it to misuse it is a sin and all sin is serious. Oh, so then that reminded me of this. There is no inherently sinful body type, right? You're not going to be able to look around the church and see someone sinning the sin of gluttony mm-hmm. because it's what's going on in a, a person's heart. Right. And, and in all, in all, people's lives to change the heart does not immediately change the consequences of sin. Mm-hmm. So, so where does that, where does that take you? What brings, what, what is brought up? by One that? of the things that gets brought up by that is that goes back to that original question you asked is why is it not, why is this sin not attacked more? Yeah. Because you can't, you, you don't know is, is that person gluttonous or do they, do they just hold their weight differently? Right. Um, at different stages as, as weight was coming off, I noticed that like at different weights, my, like my body would just shift it around. Mm. And there was yeah. days where it's like, well, I actually look better like 10 pounds ago than I do right now. It's weird. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's, that's part of it. Um, I think the other thing though is, is for the person that's trying to lose weight, you're not trying to reach some level that somebody else is on. It's right. about you getting healthy to use your body in a way that glorifies God. So, I did get on the scale because it's a, it's a tool to use to track and see what's going on. It can be a little bit of a motivator, but I didn't want to be tied to it. What right. I wanted to be tied to, what I kept thinking of is I want to be able to be on a lake, and if my daughter's paddle falls off, that I can get my family back to shore. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to do that kind of stuff. Uh, and I, the size of my clothes or, or what the scale says is not what's doing that. It's probably an indicator if I'm getting closer to that or further away from that, but those are the goals I want to have. Mm-hmm. We said the problem is not the number of minutes it takes you to run a mile. And the problem is not whether uh, people find you attractive. The problem is not that you do or do not fit in a size of clothing. So we have to get over uh, Mm -hmm. our obsession with the outward appearance. It's very much like the Pharisees who Jesus said are whitewashed sepulchers. We have to get over... Uh, thinking that if people approve of my appearance, then I don't send this in of gluttony or I don't have this bad relationship to food. Yeah. And if people don't approve of my appearance, then then I must have some bad relationship to food. Right. In fact, it's what's going on in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some dad there, Sterling. Yeah, I just I think that that's that is true. I, that's why I think it is hard for us to recognize what's going on with uh, with everybody else. Um, because you, you are dealing with your own heart and your own motivation. The, that, um, the catalyst for me, it, it is you, when I've made some of the connections of, um, like you said, not, not, um, what size are my pants, right. but, um, you know, what's going on inside of my, like my motivate, my motivation, like what, what am I trying to, you know, get out of this or, or accomplish it. And I do think I, I can identify even with you, what you're talking about with being in the boat uh, like that. I mean, you know, we, we, um, for, for us, it's, it seems a little bit strange, but you know, we had our youngest daughter, 
you know, pretty late in life. I mean, she's only six years old. Mm -hmm. And I think to myself, man, I, I do, um, I do want to be healthy. I do want to live. I, I, I want to get, you know, uh, to enjoy, you know, these, these, uh, these days and these years. So part of it is that I guess I can examine my own heart and to say, what is it that I'm, um, why I'm doing what, what I'm doing. And, um, and it is hard to do that for anybody else. I mean, that, that is, that is a difficult thing to question. You know, I don't believe, uh, I mean, I, I, I thought you were going to buy us blizzards after we record this. And, and I, I, you know, I don't blame anybody for eating uh, a blizzard or, or, you know, the ice cream. I mean, like, I think that that's fun and I, I want to be a part of the fun. Yeah. I just am also like, th there is a different kind of, of goal that I have, you know, not, not just, for, not just to enjoy that five minutes mm -hmm. of, wow, that ice cream was so good. Uh, that I'm, there is something else that's going on where I, I want to be, you know, how, I guess overall health, what I consider to be healthy yeah. and, uh, to feel better. I, I was thinking about the, the thing about the, the, the weight, the scale weight or the pant size or whatever. And I was thinking when my kids were little, I, I was big, I, I've always been heavy. I've always been overweight and I was able to do all that stuff with them. And when we planted the church, one of the cool things is, is little kids start coming around again. My, my kids are all in their teens or whatever. Um, and I remember when these little kids would come around, I started thinking about grandkids. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to be a grandpa at this weight. I'm not going to be able to be a fun grandpa. I'm not going to be able to get down on the floor. I'm having, a hard, like, I'm having a hard time doing that kind of stuff. So that was like, this is just unhealthy. Right. You know? This is unhealthy, and it, and it can't move forward like that. So, Well, you know, Paul said in Romans, I am encouraged by the mutual faith of both you and me. And if Paul needed the encouragement of other people, I'm certainly not above it. And just I probably honestly, I probably think of you guys every day when I think about, OK, what am I going to what, what am I going to be eating for lunch and stuff? I, I want that. You guys have inspired, I'm sure, other people that are noticing what what you're doing and what you've gotten done. And I'm one of those people. So I'm I'm encouraged by it. I'm inspired by it. And uh, another thing Paul said in First Corinthians nine. He said, I discipline my body hmm. and keep it under control. And this is particular for us preachers, lest after preaching to others, hmm. I myself should be disqualified. Yeah. Now he's talking about a lot of different things. There. Sure. Bodily self-control has got to be a big part of it. Uh, and no one would no one would be on my case if I said, you know, I think I might be drinking too much alcohol and it's not good for me i should discipline my body and keep it under control everybody would be like yeah you better yeah and paul doesn't just mean that he no. doesn't just mean lust he doesn't just mean alcohol he certainly means our approach to food and stuff so as we finish it up you got anything certainly you knew i would ask you what would you say to someone who's like i believe you fellas i'm surrounded by difficult situations i want what you have i wish that i had started back in may or four months ago or whatever what would you say to those people who want to discipline their body, keep it under control so that they're not disqualified? I met with a guy last Wednesday who's struggling with all the same stuff. Uh, it's led to a lot of other problems. Um, when, we, when we started doing the food and fitness and the, these other areas of our life, we said that if you'll get healthy in one, it'll, it'll probably spill over to these others. Yeah. And if you're unhealthy in any of them, it's probably spilling over into others. Man, that's so true. And this guy, was, he's struggling in all the areas. And I said, this is what I want you to do tomorrow. Starting tomorrow morning, this was a meeting at like 8 o'clock at night. Starting tomorrow morning, I want you to get up in the morning. I want you to drink a big old glass of water, 24 ounces, 32 ounces, as much yeah. as you can handle. And then I want you to go for a walk, just walk for 30 minutes. And I want you to read the book of Proverbs, whatever it is for the day, and just start your day right tomorrow. Yeah. Right? So 
so what what I would say to anybody that's struggling with it is start with there is something you can do tomorrow that will change the trajectory for your for your health tomorrow. Go for a walk, drink some water. Um, steps after that, start writing down what you're eating. I've always said that if you want to spend less money next month, just keep track of every dollar you spend, mm. and you will spend less. Start yep. writing down what you're eating. Now you um, had an app that you literally I did. wrote everything yeah. down yep. in. Yep, yep, yep. Had what, app called it? Lose It. It's Lose? called Lose It. Okay. There's a free app, yep. and, and you just just put in there, and it would tell you like what different calories of different foods were. And it what was interesting is that's again that's telling yourself the truth. Mm -hmm. um, and probably that's the first precursor is just start by telling yourself the truth. That's I right. am unhealthy. I have an unhealthy relationship with food. If you can know that, um, you'll be willing to do a lot of stuff to fix it. One of the blessings of COVID is, you know, I'm watching myself on the TV. I'm watching <laughs> yeah. myself preach God's word on the TV, ridiculously out of shape, ridiculously unfit for the work that I'm doing. And I got, and I got to watch it. And, it's like you got to tell yourself the truth. The camera don't lie. Yeah. Like it it might have added ten pounds, but it didn't add a hundred. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. All right. Starting. Yeah. Now. I mean, we uh, we had. Uh, uh, I think Jenna bought a, pair, a a set of scales on Amazon. They were like Bluetooth scales, where it just syncs with your phone. Okay. And so, uh, just standing on there, and it automatically comes on your phone, and then you can kind of see, you know, what's going on. I think I like. I, I probably obsess over that. You know, I just want to, if I could just get to five pounds, it'll be easier for me to get to 10 pounds. But I, I started to, to recognize this. Uh, it, none of it happens overnight. And, and if I'm thinking that uh, I've got to make this happen, however fast, then I'm not paying attention to that moment. And, 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 and in my efforts before, maybe where I've thought where I've got discouraged and, and, or, you know, even using food as the motivator to say, well, I've lost 10 pounds. I, I, I'm, it's exposed my double mindedness, mm -hmm. you know, where, where, um, I've lost 10 pounds. I'm going to reward myself with a slice of cheesecake or wow. something, something ironic, you know, yeah, where yeah, it's, you're right. That's you, double mindedness. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought yeah. that, but it's and, so, and so, and so my, my double mindedness it becomes exposed for, uh, I can't have this motivation and this motivation. Right, right. And so, you know, the other day, I, I mean, I was excited about it. The other day I ran four miles and I just wow. said, I'm going to run four miles. Yeah. And, I, and I went out and I ran four miles. Well, a few days later, uh, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run four and a half miles. And I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I, I, and, and so I had to go back and say, well, how did you run four miles? Well, the way that I ran four miles was that I started doing this incremental mm -hmm. running. Mm -hmm. And so I would, you know, run a quarter of a mile, walk a quarter of a mile, run a quarter of a mile, walk a quarter of a mile. And and you've got to keep doing the basic steps in order to to make that. It doesn't just happen because I decided today I'm yeah. going to run. Yeah. And, you know, and so I think that there is like the recognition of there. there's a limitation. I have control of this, you know, this moment. I've got to decide how I'm going to. To, to live and operate. And so I can't think even, you know, 10 pounds from now or 10 years from now. Right. Like this is, this is the moment that, you know, to, to, you know, what, what, even what Paul says in first Corinthians of, so what, whatever you do, whether you mm -hmm. eat or drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God yeah. and, and just really try to like, to, to live that out. And, um, I, I know that, uh, in my own, uh, like you're saying, and I totally agree with this. There's nothing wrong inherently with uh, fried chicken, let's just say. But it, for me, it 
it leads to something else. like right yeah. now, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm really careful. Like, I, you know, I'm like, man, I wouldn't do that right now because yeah. I'm trying to focus on some other goals. Yeah. Okay. You and said something is too, too juicy. I said, as we close, but this I'm is sorry. Too, <laughs> yeah. too juicy for me to pass up. Okay. Double mindedness. And it reminded me a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. Yeah. 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 So that brings up what Mike said about um, self control in one area tends to spill over to finances oh, and Everything. friends. And Completely. Uh, lack of self control in one area yep. is just as contagious. Yeah. Okay. So he- here's where I do kind of want to bring us to a close. Um, for the person that's listening to this, and yeah, financially, I feel the lack of self-control or in my friendships, you know, do not go with an angry man. Mm. You know, you'll have to deliver him again. Whatever their, whatever the lack of self-control is, we say our values at Valley Life are beauty, brokenness, truth, compassion, community. And a lot of what we've said in here has hinged on that truth. Tell yourself the truth. This was supposed to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't born to live with this kind of relationship to food and activity. It has gotten broken. Can I tell myself the truth? Yeah. And it seems like what we've said is if we can tell ourselves the truth, and y'all have described different really apps and methods and whatever to, to get it done, to tell us. Compassion is to suffer with. Yeah. Okay, someone is willing to be, to be there and suffer with. Um, other people coming around, they can't do it for you, mm-hmm. right? They, they can't make those steps for you. But if we'll tell ourselves the truth, there can be compassion, someone to suffer with us and be in community with us. You have the other people. Um, how does that impact? How has that impacted your truth telling ability yeah. to value brokenness, to value compassion? So, so you tell yourself the truth. And then if you can take that next step and tell somebody else the truth. And then after that, if you can get a circle of people, you'll tell the truth. So I, so, so Penny saw the truth on me in the lake that day. I mean, she knew I was struggling. She knew she, she wrote us back. But when I got, I said, I said, I got to fix this. This is really bad. I got to fix this. And so she knew that truth. And so she's checking in. How's it going? Um, further down the road, I started just texting a group of buddies. I would just send them a, and I still do it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'd, happy to be in that group. Yeah, I, yeah. I, sometimes I send it. And I'm like, they do they need to see this every day? I I don't know if they need to see it. I need them to see it. Here is the truth. I did this today. This thing I'm supposed to do. Um, if you'll pull a couple of people in and give them permission mm. to to tell you the truth, also, it's helpful. I I don't know what would happen if I just didn't text them for two or three days, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure somebody would say, "Hey, what's going on over there?" Right, and and that's helpful. Sterling, did you bring anybody in? Yeah, I, I did. I, I at one point um, uh, reached out. To, I saw someone who was doing some health coaching, and I, I remember making that like initial, you know, contact, yeah. which for me was uh, exactly what you described. Like, okay, I'm saying this to myself, and I'm seeing this truth, and I'm going to state this truth. And I, I'll say that with Jenna. Uh, we've been doing this hand in hand with Jenna. And so, you know, to, to understand, um, you know, that, you, you know, I'm wanting to lose weight. Jenna's wanting me to be healthy. She's not at probably like thinking about the pounds every day. Like I'm thinking about it, but she's like, man, I do want you to be, you know, healthy and, and, you know, and to, to feel good and, and those ways. So I think letting people in on it, um, it definitely helps, uh, but I think that when I see myself with accuracy, it makes me see 
a lot more things with accuracy and, and the other aspects of my life and, and maybe even other other people that, you know, I'm interacting with. It, you just begin to kind of have the, a, a clear mind of, OK, I can see this. I can see this a lot better now. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this. Obviously, I really appreciate you guys coming and talking with us about it. Last reminder for anybody listening to this, lest you be confused as to what all of this means, the good enough life is about meeting some standard of appearance or from or, or some standard of ability that is from the outside imposed on you. You got to be good enough to meet this standard. And that is not what the Lord wants for us. He does want the good life for us, which is being physically, emotionally, and spiritually free to honor God with our bodies. Yeah. Thanks for this, guys. Absolutely. Thank you.